Welcome to episode 29 of the Current Backloggers. The date is August 27th. I'm your host, KCP, and it's just me again today. And it should be another really short week. We'll see. I said we said it before, and it's not. Last week it was accurate, probably for the first time ever. But this week, I think it probably will be the same, which is probably the best week to have a short week, anyways. Because we've been having storms like crazy right now, and the power has been flickering on and off. So it's kind of like a action movie to record this in the first place. And there's a chance everything I'm saying might not matter anyways. But we'll see how it goes, and uh, we'll just get into the show and hope for the best. So what I've been up to lately is working a whole lot of overtime. So... Pretty much just working. Um, like I said, if you watch my stream, which that's something else I've been doing, is trying to stream more. All I've streamed so far is Madden and Halo, but I have some ideas and want me to do some series or try and maybe play new games or catch them on backlog. So there'll be different games coming forward. But I also talked in there how I went to a, a movie for the first time in almost six months to the day. So, I'll go over it a little bit. I won't cover everything I did on there, just so I'm not repeating myself on the stream, but it was, I think I said, March 26th was the last time I saw a movie. And I just saw another movie a couple days ago, so like I said, almost six months to the day since I've seen a movie. And I saw Bloodshot, a movie starring Vin Diesel, based off a comic book. I didn't know the comic book, I'm being honest. But uh, one of the earlier episodes, Cody talked about it and said how he thought I would like it a lot. I thought it was enjoyable. It wasn't quite as good as I was hoping, but my expectations weren't high or anything. It's worth watching. It's a good movie. But it's more so just being back in a theater and... Um, it felt good, and it was exciting to feel somewhat normal, at least for a couple hours. Obviously, we still had a mask and everything, but somewhat normal. And, like I said, I got a lot more detail on the stream if you want to watch that as the last one I streamed. So I won't cover everything here, but something I will add that I didn't talk about is, like I said, everybody can make their own decisions, and everything I covered and why I think movies should, theaters should be open um, I did want to add that <clears throat> when I was talking about that, I said that I was saying that's how I felt, but that everybody needs to feel how they want and handle things in their own time, obviously. So I wasn't saying that's how it should be. But one thing I will add is that, as always, you speak with your wallet in these kind of things. So... If you truly are okay not having movie theaters and you're in this vocal minority of thinking that you just want everything at your house and you're okay movie theaters never existing again, then I think obviously it's perfectly okay not to go. I think that's crazy, but to each their own. But if you do want to support movie theaters and you do want them to be around, and they go away because right now they're 
struggling like crazy because so many people are worried there's not many new movies coming out. A lot of different factors, obviously. But, so for me, that's part of it. I, not that my money alone is going to make the difference, but that's why I said kind of collectively everyone. So if that's something you truly want, then I think eventually you have to support it. And like I said, I'm not trying to talk anybody and do anything, so that's not fear. Like, if you don't go tomorrow, the movie theater is going to be shut down. But obviously, eventually, if they're not getting enough support, by default, that's what's going to happen. So, I just hope people will keep that in mind if uh, movies ears are important to them and they don't want to go away. Because, like I said, that's literally the only outcome. I would say it's not going to be right away and there would be phases, but it would be like rental stores where the biggest ones start to go out or they, well, they start to shut down locations and the biggest ones go out and they have these ones kind of struggling along or staying in business, but I think that's eventually obviously what would happen. I don't think that is what's going to happen because I think once a lot of big movies are starting to come out and it is more normal and there's busy seasons again, that that will help and I think the main thing to keep people back is just everybody saying how you shouldn't go to movie theaters and hearing other people's opinions. So I feel like when more people are like, oh yeah, I went to the movies, and other people are like, oh, well I can go to the movies then, instead of just instead of judging for yourself, which is what you should do in the first place. But, yeah, it was nice being back in a movie theater. And I don't have set plans to go anything else right now, but definitely plan to go back more because like I said I do want to be able to speak with my wallet and movie theaters are very important to me and like I said I love the innovations of Netflix and um, not innovations anymore but rental stores and video on demand and blu-ray and all this stuff I support it like crazy I bought a blu-rays really early on I was a, a Netflix subscriber when they were just doing DVDs and then they started streaming I did that day one, and it's funny, um, like I talked about how, I said it a lot, how people don't know what they want, and how popular opinions kind of just change things, because I remember when I signed up for Netflix, and I was like, look how cool it is, there's just hundreds of movies and shows, and you can watch all of them, and everybody's like, so do you own them? And I was like, no, you don't own them, but that's why it's so cheap, and that's why it's so crazy, and you don't download anything, you just press a button and you start, and uh, yeah, but that's... If you're not owning it, that's pointless. And now it's completely reversed. Everybody's like, oh, I don't want to own things. I don't want to go out. We got Netflix. We got Hulu. Which, like I said, I'm not being an old man. I think there's a reason I started trying to get on that stuff as soon as I knew about it because those things are truly innovative and amazing. But like most things, it's better to have, at least I think, variety and balance and just go 100% in on one. But, um... Yeah, that's all I've been up to. So that takes us to our corrections, questions, and feedback. Again, don't have any. Again, appreciate if you send any of those. We always appreciate if there's corrections because we know we have some. Um, questions are always appreciated, especially even if you guys want to send in, like I said, silly this or that or anything like that to get more discussion and more communication with you guys. We appreciate it and feedback if 
you know, the same thing, the lighting, audio, video, anything like that, let us know so we can try and know what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. And if you want to send any of that in to us, you can always, uh, as always, do it to currentbacklords at gmail.com. And then that takes us to the news. There's a little bit of news this week. So the uh, trailer officially came out, the full trailer for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. And it gave us a release, release date of November 13th and another release date for another trailer on September 9th for the multiplayer reveal. Which is so crazy that we're getting trailers about release dates about trailers about release dates. But it's, I'm not the biggest Call of Duty fan as everybody knows. I play them all and I always finish the campaigns and actually the campaigns are usually more interest to me than multiplayer besides uh, Warzone and um, Blackout. I was trying to think of what they called it in Black Ops. Those kind of caught me a little more but even those I can only play for so long. Just the whole thing of Call of Duty just can't hold me and doesn't keep my attention for long that's why I think campaign works because I play and it's over with but even then I think campaign definitely has its issues and I think actually hurt first person shooters in the long run about everything you need being cinematic but they kind of fake their cinematics to have these very scripted things and where you're not even in play most of the time and I feel like a lot of first person shooters fed off of that and as a bad trend I remember thinking that in Call of Duty, I thought the campaign was fun, and Modern Warfare, I should say. And I know that's probably, uh, seems like I'm trolling or trying to be a fanboy, but I even thought that at the time, and I know that's like one of the biggest innovations, and people love it, I just don't feel the same. But this one does look more interesting, again, it's just a trailer, so we'll see how much is true, but I said when I was talking about last time that it seemed like they're trying to ground it a little bit more in history, even though they're obviously taking their own spins and liberty on things. But it seemed, I was worried that we've seen this before, and then the actual campaign comes out, and it's nothing like that, and it's so over the top and not grounded even a little bit. But this one does seem, at least by the trailer, to be more so that, which gets me excited. They even have Ronald Reagan animated in there, and it's, a little creepy how real it looks. They're running off a PS5. We'll see how good it looks when it actually comes out. We know how these things can be. But also that's uh the PS5 thing was um I think telling again to show that Activision seems like they're gonna be on Sony's side again for the next generation. That's not a fanboy thing. Obviously it's money like uh buying the exclusive rights or the first to DLC packs or whatever it might be. Because where they've specified PS5, I think that's pretty obvious that that trend's continuing. But we'll see. I'm not the biggest Call of Duty fan. I'm not. It didn't get me that excited. I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I know to a lot of people, that's a lot bigger deal than me. And then our next piece of news is. Let's see here. I'm trying to figure out where this one came from. The last one was from um, the PlayStation blog, which is a. Another thing that that's the first one that came up when I was looking this up, so I think that's a little telling as well. But I didn't say where this one was from, unfortunately. But it's about Left 4 Dead 2, and it's talking about how 
it's getting, let's see, a fan-made update. It's the first piece of new content added to the game since 2012. More noteworthy is the fact that the team based it behind it appears to have the blessing of Seattle-based creators, Valve. The announcement was made on Wednesday on the Left 4 Dead website, which is crazy the Left 4 Dead website is still running. I wouldn't have thought that. Also, another crazy thing is that Left 4 Dead 2 came out in 2009, so we're more than a decade since that game came out, which is fucking bonkers and terrifying, and also criminal that we don't have a Left 4 Dead 3, but it's nuts that there hasn't been a new piece of content since 2012, and we're now getting a new piece of content, and what it is, is um, the lighthouse level in Left 4 Dead one, if you remember that, is called Last Stand. So, the community made an update to bring it to Left 4 Dead 2. But like that article pointed out, Valve's actually promoting it and making it their own update. So, because I know on PC, there's all kinds of crazy mods and updates and stuff that people do. So, if you just know that, that might not sound like a big deal. But the fact that this is actually going to be like a Valve update. It's kind of crazy and hopefully points to the sign of maybe more Left 4 Dead in the future, but I don't know. And they didn't say when this is coming out. It's just a trailer and so they have more news later on. I'd imagine it's going to be PC only because Valve doesn't usually support the console versions of the game past maybe like a DLC pack or something. But hopefully I'm wrong. The next piece of news is from IGN and... It is about Fall Guys being the most downloaded PS Plus game ever, which is nuts. It's awesome, because like I said, my only worry with this game, which seems weird now because I know it's become like a phenomenon, is that I thought the game would be solid, but I didn't know if there'd be an audience. But I did say at the time, I think PlayStation Plus was a perfect avenue, because I think you get so many people that wouldn't spend, I think, I keep saying it, but I don't know if it's true, I should probably look it up. The $20 I think this game is. I would have. But I think you would have had a lot harder time building an audience for it. I know it was on Steam before that. And people were buying it at maybe 20 And it started to blow up. But I don't know if it would have caught on this big. Obviously you could argue that. There's more PlayStation Plus users now than ever. So of course they're going to download it. But you could have said the same thing. The month before or even this month. With uh, the other game that is on PlayStation Plus called Duty Modern Warfare 2. Which is obviously a humongous franchise and way bigger property than Fall Guys. And that's not the most downloaded. So even though you can make that argument. I think it's pretty impressive and pretty telling that Fall Guys is the reason for that. Um, then the only other bit of news was more Halo Infinite news. And that is that, again from IGN, that... Joseph Staten is returning to help progress Halo Infinite. Well, I shouldn't say he's returning. He's returning to Halo franchise because he was with Bungie for all the Halo games that they created. And then he joined Microsoft after that to advise on other games and help out. But he wasn't directly connected to Halo. And I don't think he's directly connected this time. I think people are phrasing it a little weird. I think he's doing the same thing he does on other games. 
but now it happens to be on Halo. And a lot of the reports are how this game's obviously falling apart, the fact that he's doing it. But like I said, I feel like knowing his position, that seems pretty common. I do think it's interesting because he was one of the main writers and kind of the war guy for Halo, which is, like I said, one of my the most important things to me. He always seemed like a super nice guy, super knowledgeable, and obviously is crazy about Halo. So to me, even though it does seem a little odd and, like I said, a little worrisome again that this game just seems like it wasn't ready and Microsoft didn't realize how big of a deal it was, but also excites me that somebody like that that is so knowledgeable and important is going to be a part of it. And like I said on the stream, I was one of the first people that I heard say how it seems a little, not just the stupid hate, but that it seems a little odd that Microsoft wasn't ready for this and that 343 didn't have this with all the time they had. But like I talked about in the stream was that even though I wasn't, I feel like one of the first people that said that, I feel like people also kind of ignore the fact that studios like Rockstar get a five to ten year gap every time between their games and nobody questions it. And there's just all kinds of games like this where it's not really equal. And it was funny because I said on my stream, I listened to the latest episode of Podcast Unlocked, which happened after my stream, and somebody almost said the same exact thing. So hopefully people do start realizing it, even though, like I said, I was one of the first people to criticize on Halo's end, even though I'm a huge Halo fan, and think that was kind of odd. But it's also odd in a different way that people don't compare things the same. And then they also reported that certain infinity is helping out on the multiplayer end which is a sign of more struggle with the game but again if you know halo certain infinity is led um by max helgen which is he's i was another long time bungee guy and always was a multiplayer guy in halo and they've helped with multiplayer on um multiple halo games after they left bungee and started certain infinity because he was with Bungie before that, obviously. So again, I think you could read too much into that, and I do think part of it is true, because obviously Microsoft is not ready, and obviously mishandled it. But also, I think it's a better sign they have, they're not getting these no-name people, or just random top people to help fix Halo, they're getting people that know Halo better than anyone. So even though I think it's a little worrisome, I think it's more hopeful than anything. Which takes us to our media pickups, and again, I don't have any this week. This is where we're truly missing Cody. <laughs> um, what I've been playing is not a whole lot this week. A little bit of Fall Guys, a little bit more Last of Us Part 2, which I need to get finished with, because I'm loving it and I don't want anything spoiled. And a whole lot of Master Chief Collection, like I said, I was streaming that. And um, also, even when I wasn't streaming, I was playing a lot with my friends. So... That's all I've been playing this week as far as watching. I um, think I missed talking about this last week, but we did another Star Wars Monday and we watched Star Wars Clone Wars, the movie, not the show. And <clears throat> I love that movie. 
I think do think it's kind of funny how little hate that movie gets compared to the uh, prequel tril- trilogy because it is so much more kiddish and so much more ridiculous stuff in that. I know you probably argue that it's a cartoon that's presented towards kids, which is a fair point. But as we know, Star Wars fans are not reasonable, fair people, judging by the fact how they treat the prequels and not just that they don't like the prequels, but how they have suicide threats and make it like uh, their life mission to make these people's lives miserable. So I never really thought about it until I watched it again recently. I thought that was odd. Um, which also reminds me of something else I missed last week, and I should have mentioned earlier in what I've been doing, was I forgot to mention it last week. I also celebrated my eight-year anniversary with my girlfriend, Danielle. We went to Urban Meyer's Pint House, which is a restaurant here dedicated to one of the best coaches in college history. Urban Meyer, go Buckeyes. I wasn't the biggest fan of the food itself, but the place was really nice. She liked it a lot more than me. I'm a picky eater, but that was a good time, and just want to make sure I mentioned it because I love her and because I missed it last week. And then to continue on what I've been watching, because natural segue, is we've been watching more of the Pizza Show, which is a documentary me and Cody have talked about. He's the one who originally told, about, told me about it, but we've talked about it a couple of times. So we're on to season two now. We watched episode one and two. The first one was a pizza convention in uh, Las Vegas, which was fantastic. I need to go sometime. And then the second one was L.A., which most episodes are like that. It's a certain city, and he just goes to top pizza places there or smaller shops or something. But if you haven't checked it out, it's a pizza show on YouTube. Look it up. It's great. I've been uh, watching some of the Reds when I can here and there. If not, I'm keeping track of the score. Same with the crew. The crew is dominating their best start in uh, team history. Tomorrow, or Saturday, they had their matchup against FC Cincinnati. The hell is real rivalry. And Cincinnati has never beat us since they joined the MLS. So we're going to continue that on Saturday. And hell is real. And then we watch Lost as we do every week. We're uh, four episodes into season four. And Lost is fantastic. Then the only other thing I watched this week was we started the documentary on Netflix called High Score, which is a new gaming documentary on there. I've been seeing a lot of hate for it, <coughs> but I wanted to try it for myself. I think part of the criticism is fair, but a lot of the hate I don't think is the criticism that I've been hearing and I think it's kind of weird. I think it's really well made. It's uh, super cool and it's um, Charles Marriott, I think is how you pronounce his name, is a narrator and he, narr- he uh, of, course, of course voices Mario and Wario and Luigi and a lot of characters, but Mario is his go-to. And it's weird, they never even point out how he's the voice of Mario. Well, we've only watched the first episode, I should say, so maybe they'll get in that later, or maybe they're saving it for a Mario episode if they have one. But it's weird they get a name like that, and people like me know that, but I feel like most people, he doesn't sound like Mario when he's just using his own voice. So I feel like it's weird to get somebody like that and probably pay for somebody like that. And the majority of people probably don't even know who it is, but I think it's cool, and if you know that, I think it's cool. But, um... The first episode is kind of a general overview of old school arcade games and kind of focusing on Atari. I think that's how each episode can be, kind of focusing on a system or a game. And I think it's cool and I think it's 
really well made actually. But the issue for me, I think the fair criticisms is that like most of these video game documentaries, they had to explain it at the most dumbed down level and assume you don't know anything about games, which is even more odd. They haven't discussed the narrator thing. So a lot of things that are being covered, I feel like I've heard countless times and not even just because I love video games, but watching these documentaries, I feel like they, a lot of them just go over the same things. Which makes sense because there is such a wide audience and to majority of people, they probably haven't heard these stories. So I get it. And it's actually number six on Netflix right now, even with all the hate it's getting. So obviously it's, it's succeeding and it's catching a bigger audience than just the people like me that normally watch this. So I get it. But at the same time, it'd be nice for somebody to assume people know these things and to go to a deeper dive into a different kind of documentary and they're just getting the same things we've gotten. But I've also only watched the first episode. We're going to watch more and I'll talk to you about, talk about as we do and maybe that'll change. So that takes us to uh, the reminders of the free games this week. And not only are we in transition week, but it's a month. So it's going to get a little crazy here. So on Xbox One, you have Portal Nice till August 31st. Starting September 1st, which that's fucking nuts, so we're almost to September. You had The Division until September 30th. That's a game I've never played, and I know it gets mixed reactions, but there's some people that opinions I usually line up more with that really like it. So now that it's free, I'm curious to give it a chance. It'd be nicer if it was obviously a Division 2. But also, since it there is a story to it, I probably wouldn't play the first one anyways. So that works out, I guess. On 360 till September 15th, you have Override Next City Brawl. And starting September 1st and ending on September 15th, you have De Blob 2, which. Um, sorry, I might have these games mixed up. Hopefully, I don't. I'm going to roll with it, but this might be a correction for next week because I just noticed it in my notes. But De Blob 2 is. A game that I haven't spent enough time with, and actually I spent more time with the first one. But it's actually a really interesting game. If you've never heard of it, you should look it up. And if you have Xbox Live Gold, you should obviously download it. That's why we do these as reminders to get all these free games for the end. But it's a really um, cartoonish, cute art style. But the point of the game is a lot of the color in the world is gone, or there's oil in the world that's gone, and you're using these different blobs as a name points out there are colored blobs to repaint the world or take the oil away so you'll be like a green blob and you have to do that and then you might need a red spot for a certain one it's kind of like graffiti and tony hawk if you ever played it which was always one of my favorite multiplayer modes which why is probably why this game sticks out for me more than most people that would not even catch this game wouldn't catch your eye at all but i know i don't know maybe it did because there is a sequel but this might be where I'm getting mixed up because there's another 360 game that has separated. It's Red Faction 2 until August 31st. So hope I'm right on that. And then PlayStation Plus, you got till August 31st. August 31st, excuse me. Um, the games I mentioned before: Call of Duty: Modern Warfare 2 and Fall Guys. And then starting September 1st and ending October 5th is Street Fighter 5 and PUBG. So I think uh pretty good month going into September for PlayStation. As normal, it's getting majority of hate. 
But I think people don't, again, don't know how to keep things in perspective. Because, like, for me, I don't care about Street Fighter. I'm already on PUBG, not on PlayStation, so I'm going to download it. Well, I'm going to download both because they're free. But um, I think, like most things, people can't think, keep things in perspective. And if it's not exactly the games they're interested in or if they already own them, then it's automatically terrible. I don't think this is the most impressive month, month but I think Street Fighter Five. Is a, Street Fighter is obviously a humongous franchise. Five, I know, got a lot of praise and a lot of good reviews. So it seems like a solid game. PUBG is a very fun game, and Battle Royale is our biggest thing right now. Again, PUBG, I can admit, is a little behind the times now because there's so many other Battle Royales that are bigger, so the timing is a little off on that one. But again, both solid games, not even necessarily for me. But I think instead of criticizing when there really is bad months or being like, oh, damn, I already have those games, people just automatically they have them or it's just not automatically what they like then it's a terrible month but I don't think that's necessarily true so fake outrageous month I, I'm going to skip past that but I'm going to kind of give something similar everybody should go to Xbox um, official Facebook page and look at what they tweet or what they posted on International Dog Day I don't want to spoil just go to Xbox uh, official Facebook page and go to International Dog Day which was a couple days ago and look at the picture they shared if you know Gears of War and you know the main character that's all I spoil go look at it, it's fucking atrocious but it's awesome um, so that's it this week, like I said, another short episode um, been streaming more like I said and Going to try and get more into different games and everything, so keep an eye on that. If you have notifications turned on on our channel, it should send you a notification every time I go live. So if you want to join, feel free, and um, appreciate if you did. And if you're in there, let me know in the chat, and let's start talking, and let's communicate more and have some fun. Um, if you... I also try and share them on social media, so if for some reason you don't have notifications turned on or it doesn't work, I just try and tweet it out or put it on Facebook or both. But I think that's it. So, as always, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Current Backlog. And you can email any corrections, questions, or feedback to currentbackloggers at gmail.com. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you soon, and may I be streaming soon. See ya.